Miami's Mario Cristobal was just ranked in the bottom half of the 14 ACC football coaches. Is that fair or unfair? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Thank you so much to the everydayers for checking us out day in and day out. And for the everydayers, we got a regular back today. It's Ooh. another Truth Teller Tuesday. Bruce Warner, the Truth Teller, is back. Bruce, how are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm excited about this. Another couple of weeks, we get to see some action. And then, then it all starts. Miami of Ohio. Not a, not exactly a, a, a walk in the park, you know. They're not no. bad, but we should beat those guys. We should. We should have beaten Middle Tennessee last year, but we should also beat Miami, Ohio this year. So, yeah, we got ACC media days going on today. Right, right. We're less than a week away from fall camp starting. And this is the time of year, Bruce, where they start to come out with power rankings and lists. Athlon Sports, which is a big publication, put out their preseason power ranking of all 14 ACC head football coaches. And so I see that headline. I got to see where Miami's Mario Cristobal ranks. They've <laughs> got him in the bottom half, Bruce. Mario thought, Cristobal yeah. ranks eight out of 14 ACC coaches. Now, their criteria, at least they're consistent with it. I think it's a lazy criteria, but it seems to basically be, what did you do for me last year? Like, not body of work, not how good does the team look heading into this season. The criteria for their power ranking is, how did you do last year? And by that criteria, listen, Miami was in the bottom half of the ACC last year, so they got Mario Cristobal bottom half of ACC coaches. What say you? I can't disagree with that. I mean, five and seven, and some of those games, like you mentioned off the air, Middle Tennessee State or whatever, you get killed. You can't, you can't perform like that. They got smoked by Florida State. Yeah. And, and, you know, the injuries and, and, and the guys that just quit um, – I don't have a problem with that. Now, next year, if we rank ace, then we really have a problem. Yeah. You know, a year from now, this better not be. Uh, so here, here's how they have uh, their rankings, and I'll tell you what they said about Cristobal. So they have Dabo Sweeney, number one, Dave Clawson from Wake Forest, number two, Mike Norvell wow. from Florida State, number three. Obviously, they had a great year last year. Now, I, I wonder, I got to go back and look at where they had Norvell ranked last year. Hopefully that was in the bottom half because, you know, up until last season, he'd not been doing a good job there. Mac Brown at North Carolina, number four. Pat Narduzzi at Pitt at five. Jeff Brom at Louisville at six. Now, it's his first year uh, back at Louisville, but they did. He was at Purdue last year, and, you know, Purdue had a better year last year than Miami did. Uh, Dave Doran at NC State is number seven. Then you've got Mario at eight. Then you've got Mike Elko at Duke at number nine. And Bruce, I guess we're kind of lucky that based on their criteria that Mario ranked higher than Elko because head-to-head Elko destroyed Mario yeah, last that, year. That, that could have easily been Mario at nine. Could have been. Yeah. Right? So then at number 10, they've got Dino Babers at Syracuse. What a great start for them. What an awful finish for them last yep. year. Uh, Jeff Halfley at Boston College at number 11. Brent Pry at Virginia Tech at number 12. It was not a good year for Brent's because then you've right. got Brent Key at Georgia Tech, number 13. 
and Tony Elliott at Virginia, dead last at number 14. Here's what they said, Bruce, about Mario Cristobal. Cristobal's return home didn't go according to plan last season. The Canes finished a disappointing 5-7 and seven and lost three out of their last four games, all by 26 points or more. However, with Miami investing more in the program, coaches' salaries and facilities especially, this wasn't expected to be a, a one-year fix for Cristobal. The long-term outlook is promising thanks to a standout 23 recruiting class as well as Cristobal's work at Oregon where he went third, 35 and 13 from 2017 to 21. So uh, they hedged a little bit. like Because yeah. kind of their, their own explanation on, was, on, yeah, go ahead. Back on Mario's career. Uh, they they yeah. looked at that. Yeah, yeah. That's probably why he was ahead of the Duke guy. Because yeah, probably so. Why he was ahead he of Elko. History, you know, Elko, right. Who knows? Let's see what Elko does this year. Yeah. So uh, what are you thinking, Bruce, as far as has Mario Cristobal, has he pressed the right buttons during the offseason in your eyes? Because he's overhauled more than half of his coaching staff. He's overhauled more than half of the roster. I talked about this on yesterday's episode more than half of your 85 scholarship players were not there and not under scholarship last year. So he, um, you know, he's basically doing in year two what Deion Sanders is doing in year one at Colorado, where, you know, Mario kind of hovered over that reset button for a year and he hit that in his first offseason. Well, I can't go by anything that uh, Dion does because I, I don't know what he's doing. I don't even know if he knows what he's doing, but he's Fair. doing it. As far as Mario's concerned, you know, you have to take into account when he got here, we had high expectations. Yeah. But when he got here, he didn't have those expectations. He saw what was there. We don't. So I don't even know if I've ever heard of this before, ever in my lifetime. So if you're asking me what I think, I don't have a clue. I don't know if anybody has a clue. We're all sitting here hoping that he made the right choices. But I don't know. You know, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. I think they made a lot of improvements in many of the areas, but I'm still concerned about the D-tackle play, right? We really don't have a legit backup quarterback that we can say, put him in the game and this is what's going to happen. I don't know. Um, but everybody was riding the uh, the kid that transferred out to Missouri. I forgot his name already. because Jake Garcia. Yeah, everybody, he should have been the starter. Well, look what happened to him. So you never can tell what these guys can do. They bring in defensive backs. Uh, the kid from Iowa, gone. The, the young kids from, from the uh, Fort Myers area, gone. Right. They bring in a bunch of other transfers. I have never seen them play. I have no idea how they're going to fit in. But I do know, we know, that everything triggers with the D-line. And if the D-line's getting pressure with those four guys – then the linebacker play is becoming a little easier. The DBs, people you've been saying about the two safeties being like all Americans and the draft picks uh, really high up. I haven't seen James Williams do a damn thing. So I've seen him overrun plays, take bad angles, uh, throw his body to make tackles. I guess he had a bad arm or bad shoulder last year. Bad shoulder. But yeah. he really has to improve to make a difference. He can't be out there on an island and just, I don't know where he's going to be from one play to the next. You know, uh, so I, he's a he's not a playmaker yet. Kinchins is a playmaker. He's where he's supposed to be. He gets to the spot, he either deflects it or he picks it off. I haven't seen James Williams show that. You know, so shoulder be damned. I don't know. Um, I don't know about Leonard Taylor either. Do you know? Does anybody? You know, I'm going to be called Mr. Negative. Do any of the listeners or the the guys that are here every single day? I don't think they know either. 
He didn't play in the spring. I don't know what he's going to do. Is he going to be in shape enough to play all the downs? I know one thing. I know the defensive coordinator is not going to rotate eight, nine, ten guys. Right. And I never liked that. Yeah, I, I I never saw these other guys get rotated back in the day. And I don't think that they got to take your top five or six and let them go. That's what you got to do. And you know, we haven't seen the Horton kid yet from North Carolina. I want to see what he can do. Right. So we have bodies. We have names. But right now, I haven't seen a cohesive unit on either side of the ball. So I don't know what to tell you. Am I hoping for more than five wins? Hell yeah. Do I think we could win eight or nine? Yeah, I do. I think we can. And it starts with, for me, it got to beat Texas A&M. Yes. I'm assuming they're going to beat Miami of Ohio. They've got to beat Texas a and I can't imagine what would happen if they lose to them and the fan base going nuts because we can't beat them. Yeah, I mean, they're yeah. not that good. They had a bad year last year, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to see us beat the hell out of them. That would make everybody feel better because you have a couple of easier games after that to get ready for the big games. But I, 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 I don't know. I'm just going to watch. And as we said a few months ago, I'm just going to watch. And I'm not going to get too high or too low because I don't know. Now, yeah. there, is, there, there is one unit that's getting a specific amount of hype for next year. I want to get the truth teller's take when we come back on whether he is buying stock in Miami's offensive line. Also got a recruiting note coming up as well. So while we getting started, we got the truth teller with us. You want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Oh, you want to keep it locked to eBay Motors, my friends. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. And it's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So... The next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, You'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Thank you so much to the everydayers. And if you want to take your everydayer experience to the next level, you want to sign up to our exclusive SMS texting service through subtext. You can get text messages directly to your phone from mine with recruiting scoops, show previews, one-on-one questions and answers. Uh, It's all there on our subtext platform. I include a link in the show description below if you want to sign up. You could try it completely free for 14 days. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of added value on there. There's always added value when the truth teller, Bruce Warner, is with us. So, Bruce, uh, pro football focus. 
ACC, uh, first team all ACC. Miami's got three offensive linemen on that list, all ACC first team heading into the year. This is according to the PFF metrics and stats and analytics. Uh, Javion Cohen, who just transferred in from Alabama, first team all ACC left guard. Matt Lee, who just transferred in from UCF, first team all ACC center. And a little bit of a surprise, but if he's healthy, I could see it. Zion Nelson, first team left tackle. So obviously that one's the bigger X factor, Bruce. But I mean, how do you feel knowing that the buzz and the hype out there is Miami might have three of the best offensive linemen in the entire conference? I love it. I, and, and from the first show we ever did, we talked about Zion Nelson's health. It's critical. And it makes a big difference, not only for the f- starting five, but for your backup guys. Because probably Jalen Rivers will be right guard, and I guess Malagoa right tackle. And you have Inez Cooper as a backup who played last year. Him, His playing time last year really helped. He lost some weight. He's a little more uh, quick. He's a little quicker now, um, both on the, on the run blocking and the pass blocking. He's, so there's a guy right there that could step in and play. So now you're six deep, and you've got some other players. There are a lot of cut, some people left. But I'm very happy about that because the key to everything is the offensive line, the running game, the passing game, the health of our quarterbacks. Yeah. It's all intertwined. You've got to have an offensive line. So finally, it looks as if, barring any injuries, they're healthy enough and good enough to run block and allow Miami to do what they want to do instead of the defense dictating what they want to do, which is come after our quarterback and knock his head out. That's what happened last year. There was no protection, none. It was horrible. You know, on the defensive line, the truth will not be told until the season actually starts. But I, after having a lot of conversations with Larry Bluestein, um, I, I, f- I think I feel a little bit better about the D-tackle position. Not to say I feel great about the depth, Bruce, but when you think about probably the most important thing is being able to rush rush the passer from the exterior and the interior. Mm-hmm. One thing Miami does has, like s- some of their defensive tackles, outside of Leonard Taylor, who looks the part, first team all runway, right? Does he live up to it this year? Outside of Leonard Taylor, who's over 300 pounds, he's got the skill set. Miami does have some relatively undersized guys inside, but they've got a history of rushing the passer from the interior. That's something Branson Dean is really good at specifically. Um, and also, you mentioned in the previous segment, Joshua Horton, how's he looking? Obviously, incoming true freshman, we're not going to know until the season starts. But Horton is someone who's been specifically noted to me repeatedly as a guy who's really rocking the offseason program. That like Horton has impressed a lot of people since he got on campus for summer A. So, uh, you know, obviously, I'm I'm the optimist here. You're the truth teller. But I got to tell you, over the last couple of months, a lot of these conversations I have, I feel better about Miami's defensive line, specifically D-tackle, because I've always felt good about the edges. But I feel better about Miami at D-tackle now than I did a couple months ago. Well, when you mentioned a few seconds ago about getting to the quarterback, yeah, Dean can get to the quarterback. Is he a good run stopper? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, but – you know, we had Caesar, Mark Caesar on, and and the, you know, back in the day, they were going after the quarterback. The, they were able to stop the run. They had the linebackers to fill. Um, if they can get upfield and pressure the quarterback, that's going to knock out a lot of the problems that we've had in the past. It'll disrupt their running game. It'll disrupt their passing game, 
And then it becomes level to level. Will, will the linebackers be able to fill? Will the linebackers be able to get to the outside on you know screens and things like that? And then you have the DBs. So I, I agree with you. I think there's enough talent. And Ruben Bain, who's like the X factor in this whole thing, because he could play anywhere. And I'm telling you, I saw him in the practices, and he's up the field in a split second. He was constantly right at the quarterback or close to the quarterback on almost every snap. And if they want to double team him, good luck because our pass rushes from the outside are pretty damn good. So I agree with you, but they have to be able to play the run, you know. And if, but uh, you know, and we also talked with Caesar about back in the day, those four guys just went up the field. They had very little concern about run stopping because they had the linebackers to fill. Um, but I don't know about these guys, so that's the one area I'm concerned about. Do I think they'll get to the quarterback? Yes. And then there's the other X factor is the defensive coordinator because he's going to mix up all kinds of schemes and throw everything out there at these guys. They'll have two defensive linemen and they'll have five linebackers or whatever they're going to do. He, he, he moves people around. And I don't know if anybody has seen that from the, they'll have to look at his old films. So it's not going to be something that they can look at last year's films, you know, and say, okay, uh, this is what Miami does on third and long, second and long, whatever. It's going to be different this year. I'm excited about the the coaches, to tell you the truth. I really am. Yeah, no, me too. Absolutely. Um, defensive line recruiting. You know, since the last time Bruce and I spoke, Miami landed Artavius Jones, four-star in the interior, Marquise Lightfoot, four-star defensive end. And, you know, the, the Hurricanes, they're, they're, they're trending towards a couple of big-time players in the D tackle spot. Uh, obviously Miami, not the only one trying to land five-star defensive tackle Kamari and Franklin, uh, but he's going to be visiting at the end of this week, at the end of this month. I think he'll be at the barbecue reportedly wants to bring his grandma back down to campus. It'll be his fifth visit. So that's good. And Miami also expecting a visit this week from five-star defensive lineman, Aiden Breland. Uh, from Southern California. Right. Um, he's also visiting Texas A&M this week. I believe Oregon is considered the trending favorite for Breland. Correct. Miami, Georgia, Correct. Texas A&M are in the mix. But uh, here's what Aiden Breland had to say. He's working out the details of his Miami visit. He says it's probably going to happen the day before or after his Texas A&M visit this week. He says Jason Taylor was a dog in the NFL, and so was Joe Salavea. Plus, I love Mario Cristobal. He was the first coach to offer me back in eighth grade. And that's one of those things I will never forget. So he's a West Coast guy, Bruce. And Aiden Breland's recruitment goes way back to when Mario was at Oregon. Right. And kind of, and this reminds me of uh, Jaden Wayne, a, a defensive lineman Miami landed last year. Defensive end, who I think is going to be great as a true freshman this year. One of the reasons why he ended up at Miami, he's a Pacific Northwestern guy. Mario had offered him way back in eighth grade. And that's something Mario had done with Aiden Breland. Yeah, and um, but the other guy you mentioned before, Camarion, I, I don't know if we're the favorite for him. I don't think we are, right? I think I think we are. Um, I'm not going to say it's a slam dunk, but I, I I think we're probably a slight favorite right now. Uh, just and this is not just me spitballing. This is this is based on things I've been told. But again, not a slam dunk because uh, you know NIL is going to be a big factor for a five star guy, and I know. Mm -hmm. Auburn is now being very aggressive with Camarion Franklin, but I still consider Miami a slight favorite. I hope so because I, you know, he's on the cusp. But we need both of those guys. If we yeah. can get both of those guys, then we're in really good shape at a at a position of need. Both of the trenches are critical because Mario knows that he's been with Miami having the offensive line and the defensive line. Actually, when 
back in the day, the offensive line was good. It was never great. The defensive line was always great, yeah. but the offensive line wasn't, with a few exceptions. Ken, the but, Ken, we know, Ken, Ken Dorsey in 01, that, that was a great offensive line. Yeah, that was a great offensive line, but that was one in the last 35 years. So, <laughs> But again, I, I'm very excited about the start. I'm very excited to see what Mario has done. I just hope that nobody gets hurt in the fall practice because that's, you know, last year we lost, um, what's his name? The running back. Oh, Citizen and yeah, Cheney. Throwing a blank. We lost Citizen right before the season yeah. even started. Yeah. Can't have stuff like that. Yeah. And then you know, the Ohio game. I think we should win that game. I don't know what they're going to show in that game because you have A and M coming up. But to me, that's the, that's the springboard for everything. They can't lose that game. You have to win that one. I don't care how you win it. You have to win that game. And then you got a few more games where you should win before some of the heavy hitters come in on our schedule. And that at least would give you confidence. I mean, the fans aren't going to have confidence if Texas A&M beats us. I don't think. No. You know, and it's Jimbo Fisher. It's a 3.30 game, which is ridiculous. It should have been a night game. But, you know, right now there's nothing but optimism from my my point of view. I love that he gutted the coaching staff. I love that he gutted, you know, gutted the roster. I love that he's done all these things in the transfer portal. I don't know what's going to happen. But you have to sit there and say, he sure didn't sit on his ass and do nothing. You know, he's not sitting there like cocky, like, oh, I'll, I'll make these guys better. I'll do it. They're going to listen to me. No, he got rid of them. Right. And rightfully so. So when we come back, there's some new juice being added to uh, what is now a yearly matchup. And some may call it a, a quote-unquote rivalry. Others won't. But it's now a yearly matchup between Miami and Louisville starting this year. But I love what they've added to this annual game because it provides an awesome honor for a man, quite frankly. If not for this man, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. We'll explain next on Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. For the everydayers, we got a busy week coming up. Uh, we're looking later this week at a big-time collaboration with Coach Coop, one of the most popular content creators in the Canes space. We're looking to link up later on this week. We'll have a recruiting episode later this week with Brian Smith as well. The truth teller, Bruce Warner, is with us. Now, Bruce, I love this. So uh, Miami and Louisville is now becoming a, a yearly thing, which I, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled about that because I wanted Virginia Tech to be yearly, but they they took that out of uh, out of Miami's rotation. Well, it's all because of a pair of boots. <laughs> right. That's what this is about. It's about a yeah. pair of boots. Yeah. And uh, there were Howards. You could talk yep. about this is about Howard. And a pipe. I, I, I have to agree with you. If it wasn't for Howard, there might not be a program. And not only did he, when he got there, he said they could win the title in five years. And damn straight, he was right. He did it. You know, so and he turned, he turned it over to, to Jimmy because he took that USFL contract, yeah. which he regretted the rest of his life. But it, it, it all turned out okay, except after the 2001, 2002 season, everything went to hell. And here we are, 21 years later, with what, one 10-win season in that entire span of time? Wow. It's, when you look back on it, it's hard to believe because we still consider ourselves relevant. We still consider ourselves, you know, the you. But, you know, it starts now. I think this is the year where it, goes, it turns the other way, finally, or we're in quicksand. And we've been in quicksand for 20 years. 
Yep. So Miami versus Louisville. Now, every time they play, the Howard Schnellenberger trophy is going to be up for grabs because he was obviously a, a huge part of both of those programs as a former head coach, especially Miami, because he really he really built Miami uh, into the monster that it became for you know that 20 year period. Uh, so I, I think this is cool. And, you know, some people in my subtext chat, Bruce, were like, you know, I, I don't like how they're trying. They're trying to make Miami versus Louisville a rivalry. It's not really a rivalry. To me, that's not what this is about. Like right. creating this Howard Schnellenberger trophy to me, it's not about trying to force a rivalry. It's about honoring Coach Schnellenberger because he deserves it. I, I wish they could have done something like this when, you know, he was still around to see it. He passed away a couple of years ago. But I, I think honoring Coach Schnellenberger, I love this. And I'm going to take that Howard Schnellenberger trophy seriously, Bruce, because, again, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing. Miami may not have a football program right now if not for Howard Schnellenberger. What, and, and what a nice man. What yeah. a nice man. He would talk to anybody, anywhere, any anytime. And again, as I said a few seconds ago, he regretted that decision yeah. to, his, to his grave. He did. And another guy that regrets it is Butch Davis. Yes. And, Butch, <laughs> and on that note, that it's, 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 it's funny you say that because in the, the handful of conversations that I had with Howard, uh, this was this was in his later years. I, I never actually met Howard in person until he was at FAU and then talked to him when he was at FAU and retired and stuff. But I can remember a story, that, a story that was shared to me by uh, Mike Leeds, one of our listeners and subtext subscribers that, you know, he, he ran into Howard, you know, years ago at the orange bowl, but this was years after Howard had left Miami and Schnellenberger told him straight up. My biggest regret Schnellenberger said, my biggest regret was leaving Miami and leaving when I did, because Bruce, like he, he started a dynasty, but, that could have been his dynasty. And who knows? Like, he, he might have more titles than Saban if he'd stayed at Miami that entire time. That, that could be. And that's not necessarily Howard's thought process. But he did tell a bunch of us at a luncheon he came to that that was his biggest regret. Wow. Uh, and, and you know, I don't know what the dynamics between him and his wife were in terms of making that decision. I don't think, I think he got, what, a million dollars or something like that a, a year. Yeah. But it blew up. It didn't yeah. even happen. Yeah. Miami never even got the franchise in there. So, I mean, he, but at least what he, he what he do, he wins in Oklahoma for a while too. Yeah. And Louisville. He was, he was in Oklahoma too. Louisville, Miami, FAU. So he's a legend. He, he deserves it. You know, it's funny. We look down at some of the teams on the schedule, like Virginia and Virginia Tech and Georgia Tech. You know what? They're all rivalries because they've been kicking our ass for years. Duke has beaten us a few times in the last few years. So you know what? It, it might, it's not us against the world anymore. We better get our heads out of out of the sand and start moving forward. So to me, this is the critical year. There's games that we should not even be in. We should blow these teams out, which we, we, we used to do that. And we got to win at least, I think we got to win two out of the four, the big games. We got to beat right. North Carolina and Texas A&M, if we lose to Florida State and Clemson, so be it. It's expected to happen, but how it happens could be a big factor going forward as well. And the recruits that are like teetering, um, you know, but we have to we have to win those games and get to nine wins, I think, at least, and get into a bowl game and be excited about it and win the bowl game. Uh, I think that would help a lot. But that's right now. It's out of my hands. It's out of your hands. It's all up to the. the Mario, the staff, and those kids down there. But I'm supporting them, obviously. Always love catching up with the truth teller. Bruce Warner, 
does an awesome job. Bruce, thank you so much for taking the time, my friend, and, and let's start doing this every Tuesday again. Yeah, I'll be okay for next Tuesday. <laughs> Truth teller! Okay. Thank Truth you, guys. Teller. <laughs> thank uh, you I guys. hope I don't get too many negative comments today because I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm also yeah. saying what I feel. And I don't yeah. know if anybody could answer these questions, not just yeah. me or your listeners. Yeah. I don't know. They don't have – if they say, yo, we're going to go 11-1, based on what? So let's just see what happens, and then we'll start squawking during the season. <laughs> well, on tomorrow's episode, we'll talk about what Mario Cristobal, Cam Kinchins, Tyler Van Dyke, and Matt Lee had to say at their press conference at ACC Media Days later today. So the coverage is going to continue all week long. We do this every day. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit the thumbs up button, subscribe to our channel. If you listen to the audio version, make sure you subscribe. We're available everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Odyssey app. Wherever you get your pods, make sure to subscribe, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.